Hello my fellow nerds, and welcome to The Captain's Quarters, the Star Trek Rewatch podcast. We are re-watching the entire Star Trek franchise, starting at the beginning of the timeline. We're starting with Star Trek Enterprise, and we're ta- talking about Season 3, uh, Episode 4, called Regime, today. My name's Gabe, and I'm with my co-captain, Jason. Make it so, Jason. Bonjour, Gabe. How you doing, buddy? Good, how are you? Fantastic. So we continue our mission through the Delphic Expanse. Enterprise is trying to find some Trillium so that they can insulate their hull, which they're um, told can protect the ship against these spatial anomalies that are really messing up their mission so far. They go to a bazaar and they meet with a uh, chemist to figure out how how to synthesize Trillium. After they talk to the chemist, they figure out that some Zindi have been there. They figure out that the Zindi had talked to a slaver, I'll call him, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who has some sex slaves. So they go and visit the uh, the pimp of these alien <laughs> alien prostitute. Oh my gosh! It is a bazaar, so I'm, sorry. I'm not I'm not condoning pimping in the slave trade, but it is a bazaar. So stranger things ha- stranger things can occur. Right. So there are some alien sex workers. I don't know what word I used, but I meant to say sex worker. Yeah. Because um, that's the right way. That's the right word to use and actually actually in this case they actually might be sex slaves because they were being they were being sold mm-hmm. so i'm not sure if it was exactly you know by their choice so that's a good point so it's it's uh, archer and and reed who go talk to the pimp and they're like no thank you uh, the Zindi left. Uh, the the pimp tells them the Zindi left orbit two days ago. Um, Archer gives a weird look to one of the slaves, and she has some kind of magic, some sort of bewitching power over him via via, via eyesight across across the room. Uh, so Archer and Reed try to get away. So the the woman follows them. Um, she runs away from her slaver and is, tells Archer, hey, you got to take me with you. Uh, the pimp tries to stop them. They get in a fight. Um, they knock out the pimp. They get onto Enterprise. And um, the slaver is used to being treated like property. So she kind of makes some advances at Archer. Archer's not interested. Tells her, you know, I don't believe in owning people. We don't believe in owning people. So you're, you're free to go. We'll take you home, wherever that is. Um, and she's like, well, I was taken when I was really young. I don't really know anybody where I'm from. I don't really remember anything. So can I just hang out with you? She's hanging around the ship, and she keeps making advances at Archer. And he succumbs to her advances because of her bewitching powers and something strange happens. She's running her hands along his head and body, and she has some sort of, some sort of like scanning ability with her hands. 
where she's like scanning uh, Archer's biometrics. Um, she does the same thing later on to to um, Sato. Same thing to T'Pol. T'Pol is uh, sort of mystifying this. Um, what is her name? Rajin. Oh, thank you. The name of the episode. It's the name. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Mystifies Rajin because, um, you know, T'Pol's a Vulcan and she resists. Um, she ends up getting an altercation with T'Pol, knocks T'Pol out, and then Tucker comes to save T'Pol. She knocks Tucker out. So then now everyone gets involved. The Makos, Reed, etc. They arrest Rajin, throw her in the brig. Archer starts... Um, interrogating her and we discover that she's actually helping the Zindi and that they're building a bioweapon and that um, that's really what was going on with that weird scan with her hands she's getting their their biometrics and going to use it for the Zindi to build this bioweapon the Zindi actually attack the Enterprise and they board the Enterprise free regime and next thing we see is her at the um zindi council and uh she delivers the the bioscan to the zindi council and the council basically talks about how um there's two paths they're pursuing one is they're building a weapon strong enough to destroy earth um and then the other one is this bioweapon and uh, that's that's the gist of it. Definitely skipped over a lot of details. Jason, what did you think of this episode? Um, broadly, uh, I, uh, I, I have a really hard time um, with the hypersexualization of Regine, of the character. Um, essentially she's a bounty hunter for the Zindi, right? She's a hired gun to mm-hmm. gather information, a spy, mm-hmm. a bounty hunter, Boba Fett, Din Djarin, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. This is the Campaign. way. This is the way. Yeah. The, yeah. This is the way. Um, and so I, I, I felt that there was, there was a lot of laziness in the writing. Um, I wish they would have, and again, I hate Monday morning quarterbacking, but you know, my reaction was, you know, the writers and the people, you know, putting together the storyboard and the story on this one got lazy. And I think they could have, I think they could have written that character um, in a more clever way. I thought it brought it down, like, I brought, I thought it brought the story way, way, way down. Like, oh yeah, a pretty woman, you know, using, you know, her, her telepathic and trance you know, her trance putting mm-hmm. Sato and Archer into a trance. Right. Uh, and using her but I thought the bioscan, uh, I thought that was kinda of, I thought that was cool. The the effects of that. Like you could see the right. the brain and the internal organs and the and the spinal cord and all that kind of stuff. Um I thought that was cool. But I really thought they let the character down by just making her um making it a sexual thing instead of a you know, something else. To your what? Po- I don't know. But yeah, and to your point, the sex slaves just very scantily clad and just a lot of yeah. mm-hmm. a lot of camera angles emphasizing 
you know, just the, uh, their, their body parts. And yeah. And, and the scene with Jolene Blaylock and to pull, I mean, come on, how many times are we gonna like have actors, you know, in this fashion with Jolene Blaylock? I'd be getting sick of it a little bit. Um, I thought she played it brilliantly, but again, you know, Regina attacks her in her quarters and she's, you know, T'Pol's wearing the the button crop top mm-hmm. silk right. pajama thing. So, what about you? Yeah, and you know, so last episode I misspoke because I had watched oh. some of this one and <laughs> so okay. uh, the second scene of this episode T'Pol and and uh, Tucker are still engaging in the uh, the Vulcan uh, pressure point practice, neur- mm-hmm. neuro pressure, uh, mm-hmm. and it's it's this episode where Tucker says, "Hey, people are starting to talk about us. Um, maybe we shouldn't be doing this anymore." And T'Pol's like, "But you said it's helping you sleep," and he's like, "Yeah, but Reed, Reed made a, a quip the other day about how." I have magic fingers and people are assuming basically we're sleeping together. But uh, to Paul makes an interesting comment. She says, we are senior officers, so it's none of Reed's business what we do and kind of leaves that hanging. So she does. I'm glad. Yeah, she doesn't like, like fight the notion of them having relations. If anything, she opens the door for uh you know this thing to move forward yeah possibly um but i really enjoyed that her perspective like you know what you know what we're doing is nobody's business you know grow up yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i love that perspective like you know um you know it was basically ignore the noise to put it in a Mm -hmm. you know in a patriot way yeah. Um, and I mean, when I say Patriot way, I mean, New England Patriot way, like one of the things it's ignore the noise. And I think I thought that was great and really part of her character. And I really enjoyed And I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. But that scene was, that was a shirt, shirtless Tucker and a scantily it clad to Paul. shirtless Tucker, yes. Yes. <laughs> and we still. But she didn't. They, at least they didn't get her undressed again. Yeah. For this episode. That's, you know, that's true. For that scene. That's true, but I feel like it has to be coming. The uh, yeah, that scene. It's there, there's gonna yeah. be a. There's gonna. And I don't know how I feel about that. Like again, I think I talked about this in previous episodes that we've talked about. I'm like, you're just really taking to Paul's pointy ears off, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how about that yet. <laughs> connection between the two characters yet i don't either i'm glad you said that it's it's um i can't put my finger on what it is but it just doesn't feel right yeah like tucker i like i like tucker um but like you know he's he's smart but he's He's definitely like he's very capable and he's he can be funny and charming, but um, I don't know. I, I I just don't. I feel like T'Pol would need somebody who is like equal in her wit, in her her intelligence, 
and just like I, I feel like that's not Tucker. Yeah. Or maybe opposites attract. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. But I feel like I feel like what Tucker would offer her would offer a woman would be to like be her savior and be like her protector. But I feel like that is not what T'Pol needs. She doesn't need it. Yeah, she doesn't exactly. need anybody to like protect her or save her. Yeah. She doesn't need like an Indiana Jones type. Yeah. Or you know what I mean, the Han Solo type. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Am I reading too much into this? No, I I completely agree with you. I totally agree with you on that one. But again, you know, we're just outsiders and, you know, can't tell the heart what the heart wants, so. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you think it's inevitable though these two are going to hook up? Um, I do. I do. It, there's just unless there's like a whole lot of like this is a lot of smoke and mirrors mm-hmm. i think this that train is high speeding towards yeah agreed that station i agree and i feel like this I, yeah. this show has toyed with her and other males on board but i feel like now we, we've definitely landed on tucker and that's yeah yeah so i don't know how it's going to work with um with pon far assuming i don't know do vulcans meet for pleasure or have have intercourse for pleasure or is it only when they're they're uh yeah i th- th- yeah i think that's a gray area and i think that's uh I, they've touched on it like you know vulcans it's you know logical it would be the logical thing um <laughs> and to not show the emotions <laughs> okay And, I, and there are episodes uh, in the other iterations of this franchise, and you will get to see that for sure. Okay. Got it. Anyway, so besides Rajin being being a scantily clad and around a bunch of other mm-hmm. women mm-hmm. who are scantily clad, throughout the episode, the the pacing and the dialogue and the camera angles suggest that like everyone's like gawking at her. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) But the episode is dated and like, I always find beauty standards, um, like, like that to be very dated. And so it just comes across as like super corny. Like it does. It does. You feel like as an audience member, you're being, you're being, um, called upon to to do what archer is doing which is like stopping in his tracks and like gawking his beautiful woman but it's like uh okay like you know i know (laughs) that it's part of the franchise i know you know it's you know it's it's there um but it makes it like i said earlier it makes it lazy that it's oh she's you know using her powers just because she's an attractive you know and she's got quote-unquote you know these powers um but it also makes it feel and i think you were going this way that it makes the audience feel like of a lower common denominator Mm -hmm. it just brings the the intellectual the like you know i know you're supposed to you know you want i know writers want to you know take you on a fun adventure to not think for 
40, 50 minutes or however long these episodes are. But it does bring it a step down, and, and, I, and I feel let down about that. Yeah, for sure. Because I definitely think they could have written it in a completely different way. And again, I'm not, you know, a writer, but they could have used it, you know, in a very different way. Agreed. Because you yeah. can make a bounty hunter really interesting, mm-hmm. you know, in an episode without being it about sexualization. Mm-hmm. For sure. Agreed. Um, okay. You know, they could have put her in, you know, more clothes, um, and that she could have just been like a, a bystander, like this entire time. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, she's sneak and you could have still had her sneaking around the transporter room. You still could have had her sneaking around, you know, the captain's quarters and use that trans property of hers. You know, I really liked it when they, when they cut to the next scene after she finishes her bioscan of Archer and they cut and it was the next scene they were like two feet apart and Archer goes, what are you doing here? Or, you know, can I, can I help you? Or whatever he says to her. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would have been cool if she would have like been able to like search around her quarters and then, you know, trance him and then go, oh, what are you doing here? Right. Yeah, and even if you were to say, like, oh, well, she needed to be seductive because she needed to get near Archer in order to do the scan, they still, it still could have been something he grew into, like, you know, getting close to her. Yeah. Yeah, so. And I think it would have been an interesting part to play, to have it, like, you know, play this, you know, rescued, quote-unquote, play the damsel in distress but then turn out to be really yeah you know the palpatine of the entire situation yeah it's true um trying to beat but again that's just my trying to bait me into a star wars thing there no 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 i am not trying to bait you into a prequel discussion i am not not. that's just the best way i could i mean the puppet master or godfather whatever you want to call it um, so yeah, speaking of Archer, so Archer is still doing the thing that I was complaining about of just like being off put and just, um, cantankerous and just like snapping at people. I mean, like even like, so even after Regine knocks out to Paul, to Paul wakes up, mm-hmm. she's awake for 30 seconds and Archer like barks an order at and goes, you're dismissed. He's like, yeah. he's like, are you feeling better? Great. You're dismissed. Or, or I don't know. He's just like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you really, I'm glad you brought that up because I have that same gripe. I'm like, wait a minute. So you're like, are you okay? And then, she, and then he gives her two orders yeah. to like, make sure that we don't, you know, make sure we figure out the, the subspace vortex. So we're not surprised again. Right. And like, you know, dissect the, the, the information um, that they got from the dead Zindi that they captured. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, really? <laughs> really? And then you're going to dismiss her like an insubordinate like cadet? Really? Mm-hmm. Like she had done something wrong? I was... Oh, I was furious. I was like, <laughs> really? Oh. The big the big issue I have about Archer's attitude is just... It's, 
relatively unexplained. I mean, the best you can do is you can say he's just so hyper-focused on his mission to get revenge on the Zindi for for killing millions of people on Earth. But, like, yep. even then, like, I, I don't think that... Like, anger can bring focus, but not for that... Not for many episodes, like... Yeah. You know, at some point you have to be strategic and... And actually, and actually focused. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I agree. I agree. I, and, and there's nothing more to be. I, I agree with that. I I just did not find that to be. I get it. I don't know where that's coming from. And I, yeah. And like at the be- snap at her. Yeah. So at the beginning of the episode, um he's still dealing with the effects of the previous episode where they were transformed into another species via a virus. So like right at the beginning of the episode, he has these like sores on his body where the, the lingering effects of that virus are there and he's like itching. So like, okay, he he was like irritated by that. Phlox gives him some ointment. Um, uh, And he says he's still having the dreams of of visiting that that alien city that was that was part of transforming in the previous episode um but i don't think that that was meant to like explain his demeanor his attitude no 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 no, that was that was just like a way to sort of tie things together yeah i think you i think you hit it right on the head i think that it's still the lingering effects that earth was attacked and that seven million people Mm-hmm. And, you know, Trip's sister. I don't know if he knew Trip's sister or not, or that well, or whatever. Um, but I think that, I think you hit it right on the head, that he's pissed. And he's going out for revenge. But, and so there's a little bit of, um, there's a little bit of Captain Ahab going out to find in the Great White Whale. Yeah, right. A little bit. Mm-hmm. For sure. And- but it's still... I'm like, that's not what you say. That's not what you say as a captain to let, unless, you know, you're talking to an officer that was insubordinate and that had, you know, broken the rules or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was overly harsh. Yeah, for sure. Totally agree. For sure. It's not, it's not a, uh, it's not, not characteristic of a leader. So. Yeah. And I'm surprised that Scott Bakula. Like, and I'm not saying that he didn't, but I'm surprised that he wouldn't have tried to even push back on that and even going back a couple episodes. I'm a little, like, you know... See... Hopefully there's a documentary and he, that he, he's like, yes, I did. See, I was... ruled by the producers. See, I was wondering if he was the one driving that decision, that character oh, choice. Oh, interesting. Oh, interesting. Like, maybe... What he, makes you say that? Maybe he was pissed about his contract... Maybe. Uh, maybe he didn't like the showrunners. Maybe he didn't like his co co stars. Maybe he thought he should be the one with uh, getting neuropressure sessions with T'Pol. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's unhappy maybe, and he's just coming out in his character. Yeah, maybe. But. So yeah, so you you talked about them um, jumping to that that vortex, that subspace subspace vortex. So when the Zindi mm-hmm. uh, when the Zindi come on board the enterprise to to free regine when they get away um they jump into a subspace vortex so this is Mm -hmm. another Mm -hmm. hurdle for enterprise Mm -hmm. in their pursuit Mm -hmm. of the zindi 
Yep. So that's going to be something they're going to have to figure out and overcome. So I suspect yep. an, an episode soon, if not the next one, is going to be figuring out how to to either enter this vortex or how to scan it or something. So, so I'm wondering if uh, that pocket where we found the Death Star mm-hmm. or right. the Zindi Death Star, yeah. I wonder if that was also part of it. It has to be, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Which tells you, which kind of gives you the impression that the Zindi are incredibly xenophobic and they don't want to be found. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, one thing was with the last episode, there was some maybe two episodes ago, there were some marauders who came aboard and stole their, um, starts with a D, deuterium. Deuterium. Yeah. And... It was two episodes, two or three now. It was at least two. Could have been three. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So the, the big, like, dramatic takeaway there was like we have a month of fuel left. Um, yeah. And that was pretty terrifying considering they're in completely uncharted space. Well, yep. when the reason they go to this bazaar to talk to this chemist is because they had gone to a deuterium uh, station and filled up, they filled back up and that's where they met the chemist. And, and the chemist, really? yeah, the chemist is the one who says they, they started talking to this chemist and the chemist said, oh, I can, I can teach you how to make uh trillium D come, come to my bazaar. Okay. Okay. And so, so it was just, I thought it was, I thought it was on the, um, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, that's all right. I thought it was on the, when they were, um, captured by that crime boss. Uh, the the or the the that mining facility that that's when the um the uh no oh okay okay well, okay okay so was that mining facility called like nebulos or something because so that's that's where so so he says um at the do, de- I'm going to say the word wrong again. Deuterium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. De- so I thought there. At the deuterium so thought- station on Nebulos, we met this chemist, uh, and he right. and he tells us oh, we can get our trillium. Okay, okay, okay. okay and so okay, to me, okay. they were talking about something that happened off screen. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I thought it was okay. I got it. I'm sorry. I apologize. I thought it was they they met him. Um, on the uh, on the. The Trillium D or facility. Uh, I, and I don't and I and I don't know why because he would have been still in the facility. Um, you know, as a as a as an ore worker or whatever the case might be, but yeah, you're probably I'm probably not remembering it correctly. Yeah. So to me, it was just it was Deus ex machina. It was. There, here's this uh, insurmountable hurdle 
Oh, by the way, off screen between episodes, we we just went to the station and we just filled up with deuterium. And the problem, yeah, yeah, the problem okay, is... yeah. That's that's <laughs> totally cool. That's that 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 that's that's totally cool. That's happened. That happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, it's just like okay. Um, you know, just like um, oh man, just like the reason why Han Solo had to leave Hoth quickly because you know the. The bounty hunters that they met at blah blah blah. Oh god. Oh man. Star Wars care. Star Wars. Or it's gonna... Ord Mandel. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saving me. Um. You know, it was kind of like that. Oh my gosh. All right. Uh. Yeah. I was trying to find. I was trying to see. It just says a mining a mining penal colony. So that was episode I one. I can still feel the heat from all the Star Wars fans. It's Ord I have to say, Star Wars fans are much more diverse these days. Like, there's like hardcore, like prequel fans, hardcore oh, yeah. animated fans. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and oh yeah. Like, like super hardcore that probably don't even know what line, what movie you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. And and don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I. I would probably get the same thing from some Star Trek fan. I have actually, but I digress. Like a great <laughs> example was this like onslaught of criticism about Cad Bane's appearance in Boba Fett. What was wrong with Cad Bane's exp- like his physical? His appearance? physical appearance. They th- are you kidding? They me? thought was not true to his animated. What? His animated appearance. What, the, the hat the, brim wasn't big enough? No, they had issues with the shape of his face. Here's the thing, though. he's what? He is true to the original um, appearance of that species, which was in episode, From episode four. episode four, yeah, right? In A New in Hope, the cantina. in the cantina. Yeah, yeah, and, okay. And if you look at that, that random alien in the cantina and you look at the Cad Bane, it's, yeah. it's not that far off. So if right, so right. if anything, okay. the animated version is the the bastardized one. So right, okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. Can I say I hope they bring him back? I was disappointed in the well. The final episode I th- I think of, for sure, uh, yeah. The book of Boba Fett. I think for sure the uh, the Borg maker is going to bring him back. I hope so. I yeah. hope so. I hope so. He was too badass. So. He, yeah, and there, badass. you know the. I'm sorry to I'm sorry to take this down. I'm sorry. But, but we do, but I, there's too much story left between those two characters. Okay. Right? Like there's too much story to tell. The history that, you know, that he and Boba have, it's too much history, too much story to tell. Mhm. And he's such a cool character. I really liked how they were calling back to like when when Bobo was just a kid and yeah yeah I, I thought it was pretty cool. Okay, so I'm sorry. What were we talking? We were talking about. We were talking about when does deuterium when tanks. does deuterium get refilled? Because yes. I was saying it was Deus Ex Machina of them setting up yes. this insurmountable hurdle and then just magic magically resolving it yes. in between yes. episodes off screen. Yes. Yeah, and but. you're probably right. Because in my mind, I was like, well, if they met him at the ore facility where they were captured, I'm like, how did he get off unless, you know, he wasn't a worker and he was just one of the chemists there? 
But and then like, how did he escape? So, so you're probably right. Well, so the only other thing with that chemist was so the way that they pay him is they give him like common household spices. I thought that was so cool. I thought that was so cool that like they gave him like cayenne pepper and paprika and Black, you know yeah. uh, black pepper. Black pepper. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was so cool. Like it's common to you and me, but to him, you know, an alien off world or whatever. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so cool. And so um and so like on point for a bazaar. Can I say one thing about the bazaar? I thought that was cool. I really thought that bazaar was cool. Like, you know, they had the rugs and the meat hanging and all that kind of stuff. I thought the look of it, that was cool. I agree. Uh, and they, they managed to keep it seedy, which, yep. as I was saying before, I said I wouldn't complain anymore about it, but I guess I have to now. Um, which okay. is just like they set us up for this season to be full of horrors and uh natural unexplained mysteries and it turns out it's just full of a bunch of scumbags but at least they're consistent we haven't had any like nice societies yet like everything everything is like kind of messed up seedy yeah a lot of slum slummies kind of mm-hmm. you know so a lot of outer rim territories kind of deal perfect way to explain it yeah exactly so but uh, you know i'm definitely still still a little peeved you know the idea that they were going into this forbidden like terrible place and uh it has mm-hmm. deuterium gas stations where they can just fill up their problems <laughs> away and <laughs> It's like, you know, I, I just don't like being duped like that. So I'm still bitter, but whatever. Well, but I think that comes with, you know, the part of like exploring. You never know. And, you know, you know you're going to still need, you know, a petrol station. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, it would have helped like, you know, in episode uh, seven, Last Jedi and that chase, you know, because they were running out of fuel. Uh, I don't remember that. The in Last Jedi, the Resistance was being chased by the First Order, and they were running low on petrol. That was part of the. Is that that was my... that was Episode Eight, wasn't it? Or no, wait, do you hold on? Yeah, it was seven. Was no seven, right? The one where Luke dies. I mean, Jake. No, that's eight. Because they they. That's it. No, 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 it's seven. Are you talking about you're talking about when Luke Skywalker dies? No, 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 no. The 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 supersonic hypersonic the light speed with, with chase. Uh, Laura Dern. Yes. Yeah, that's last Jedi. That was seven. That's eight. Yeah, that was Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're right. It's episode eight. I'm sorry. Yes, it's episode eight. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I forgot there were nine. okay while you were complaining about a movie that's not that bad i was researching it is i was researching so um norellis 
is the inhabited planet inside the Delphic Expanse where they filled up with deuterium. Uh-huh. And it doesn't... It just, All it says is that the appearance of this planet was in the episode we're talking about, Regine. So I feel oh, like okay. if it was okay. the mining thing we saw in episode one, it would have said that. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, okay. so again, they, they just like, they set up this this insurmountable hurdle and it just magically got got resolved and we're just we're just supposed to be like okay like thanks for setting me up like that only to just like toy with me yeah but that's the part of the then that but that's part of the unknown right that's part of not knowing like you you know you hear stories like this is kind of like one of those you know old explorers tales like you know we headed out and into the ocean and you know it was you know we ran into 25 foot you know killer sea monsters and all that kind of stuff but then you go out and you're like oh that's not too bad (laughs) it's true and you run into you know like a caribbean island or something or you know Mm -hmm. whatever and you know the seas were calm the entire time. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying they're all just ghost stories? Yeah, I do. I think they're fish stories. I think okay. they are, you know, fish stories that, you know, until you go out and do it yourself and go explore, you're not going to know because, you know, you're being told second or third hand tales. Mm-hmm. All right. Fair enough. In in a, a pirate tale kind of way, that makes sense. Yeah. So. Okay. So I'm cool with that. Alright. Whether they whether they whether the writers and the brain and the brain trust actually wrote it to be like that, I will never know, but in my mind, why not? Okay. I in that light I can appreciate it more. So, well done, buddy. Uh, was there anything else with this one? Um, not really. There, there are two small things that I, I want to mention. Mm-hmm. Um, while Captain Archer is visiting Dr. Flox in the med bay, uh, Dr. Flox mentions Crewman Cutler. Yes. And that was, I believe, like, I think that could possibly be um like an ode to the actress who died may have passed by then may not have but I've it was still a nice little pretty sure she kind did. of ode yeah and then the other thing that Ke- i want kelly kelly waymore kelly waymire yeah 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 um and then the other thing and this is throughout the franchise but in this episode in particular when the zindi like invade the ship and board the ship like, I love how in Star Trek, all of, like, the explosions and, like, the doors and the bulkheads and the con- on the console panels, when they explode, like, they all turn into rocks. And I'm like, huh, huh, huh. Like, if you ever watch Star Trek you're like, and you see, like, an explosion, like, there's always, like, these bits of, like, rock, rock-looking huh. things. And you really saw it in this episode where it's like, and that's always been like a something to think about for, you're like, huh, it's all made of rock. (laughs) 
or at least the explosive, you know, debris. But interesting, yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's intentional or just because the materials they use for the props? Yeah, I think it has everything to do with the materials and stuff. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And the props back in the day. All right. And then I also wanted to mention I really enjoy So <laughs> we've talked about this before. Um but I want to bring it up again. Uh, I really enjoy the Zindi council scenes. Okay. Um, I love the hierarchy and the political stuff in that. And yeah, I wish we would have, I wish we would see more of that. Hmm. You do you know, the disagreements between the, the reptilian and the, the Loch Ness, mm-hmm. you know, ones and the humanish ones and all that. I really do enjoy like, I really enjoy that when even faced with this evil empire or the Zindi or the resistance or the, the, uh, you know, the, the empire or the, or the, um, first order trade federation or the first order. I love when we get the behind the scenes and it's not as monolithic as the good guys usually, you know, as the, protagonists usually like to say like oh it's this unified force well no i love that there's this you know the backroom bickering and the politicking i love that and i know star wars fans from the prequels are like no let's cut that crap out i love it (laughs) (laughs) have you seen that deleted scene from return of the jedi where vader tries to enter palpatine's quarters yes 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 (laughs) Um, yes. The admiral tries to stop him, and he goes, "Admiral Ger Gerard." Yeah, he's like, "You're or not." Or Gerard. Yeah. Yeah, you're not allowed in there. And the yeah. the royal guards, the red guys. Um, I don't know if they're what are they what are they called? What are the, red the guys? imperial guards? Imperial guards. Yeah, the thank imperial you. guards. Yeah. yeah, are sitting right there. Yeah. And uh, he says to him, like, "These guys will stop you," or something. I thought yeah. that was cool because, like, my whole life. The um the backstory of the Imperial Guards, you know, it was known that they were Palpatine's guards, but like you didn't necessarily mm-hmm. get that from the movie. You got that from like other stuff. The the action figure like box telling you that's what yeah, it, mm-hmm, what it was. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just think it's cool that like in that deleted scene it established that and that they actually were badasses, so and the other thing it establishes, too, is that other than, I don't think, it is. it gives you another example of a Imperial Admiral that has little respect for Darth Vader right. other than fear. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you get it, you obviously get it when, you know, the one Admiral... You know, don't try to scare us with your lord. You know, sorcerous right. ways, Lord Vader. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And he chokes him. And then when Vader arrives um, on Return of the Jedi, he's having that discussion with that same admiral, and he doesn't get the admiral doesn't get really frightened until Vader says, "Well, the Emperor is coming here <laughs> to monitor your progress now." And so there's a little bit of like, you know, outside of the fear, 
it, it shows that not every admiral respected Darth Vader as much as you think. Yeah, and it was that. outside of the his outside of obviously being a power, you know, a fairly powerful mm-hmm. Sith figure. Yeah, and I brought it up because you're talking about like the sort of squabbling that's not like like the the um sort of political like s- small little conflicts that that occur out, oh, yeah. that occur outside of the main conflict. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, a power yeah. struggle between the admiral and Darth. And then I got you, and buddy. then Darth I got Darth force chokes him, of course. I got it. I got you. But, I got you. But not all the way because Yeah. As we know, he because uh, he finally says it's the emperor's orders, right? Yeah, Something ex- like that. yeah, exactly. That's how he gets out of it. So, yeah, yeah, I got you, and that's why, and that's why I think Rogue One is awesome. Good, because you see, you see the the political maneuvering between Krennic and Grand Moff Tarkin. Agreed. Beyond the terrible CGI. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but the thing is, in um, Rogue One, it's actually acted very well. The, act- yes. the acting is outstanding in that movie. Yes. Whereas in the prequels, they don't pull it off. No, no. I agree. Good, pull- good uh, call on that uh, name, Gerard. Gerard, Ger Gerard, Yeah, Ger Gerard. That's it. Ger Gerard. Yeah. Yeah. That was a deep pull, buddy. Yeah. No. Thank you. I. I. Pre- yeah. No. I appreciate it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I actually thought I was like, oh, he's not going to live very long. This is the last movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. He's he's the one who goes. We shall double our efforts. Yes. Um, he asks the impossible. I need more men. Mm-hmm. I always liked Admiral Piet well, the best. Well, maybe you can tell him yourself when he arrives. The Emperor is not as forgiving as I am. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, serving in the Empire, like on the flagship and you just rise in the ranks because Vader killed your <laughs> boss. <laughs> yeah. He just takes it in stride too. I like that. <laughs> Apology accepted, Captain Nita. <laughs> yeah. All right, my man. All right, buddy. Thank you. Yep, thank you. As always, appreciate it. And everyone, um, the original RSS feed is officially um, out to pasture. So only like the first like three episodes are going to be, or or I'm sorry, at any at any given time, forever that RSS feed is only going to have the three most recent episodes. So the other feed, the one that's through Anchor, is the one that's going to have everything. So if you're subscribed right now to this one, and it doesn't have the little the little Anchor logo um, in the corner of our logo, 
then you're on the wrong feed. So this this show is on Spotify twice and and Apple twice and Google Podcasts twice. Um, so subscribe to the the anchor one. And the way the best way to do that is probably just to go to our Twitter, Captain's Quarters Pod, with with the vowels taken out of quarters. Um, and I'm sure if you just if you just Google Captain Court Captain's Quarters um, podcast Star Trek rewatch, I'm sure you, this would come up. But so just resubscribe to the Anchor one. Anchor owned by Spotify. Um, when, oh. when I say anchor, they're they're just a podcasting platform. So, oh, yeah. um, so yeah, I appreciate that, and sorry for the hassle there to our twelve subscribers, but um, we appreciate you sticking around and listening to us. So, thanks, mom. <laughs> Thank you to our wives for yeah supporting us. So anyway, with that, uh, see you next time and live long and prosper. May the force be with you.